your family, of course, they push your buttons. You know why they push your buttons? Because they put them there. They installed them. <laughs> yeah. It's just so funny. And it's true because it's not only are you, you know, doing, you know, you might not be used to being around them that much, but they know and it's going to happen. They're going to push your buttons. And so the thing to do is to not react. So reacting is where you just unconsciously allow, you just blah, you just blurt out and you just react. Welcome to Coach Street, the premium podcast that brings you insider coaching conversations from the fast lane. When coaches need to shift gears, they come to the Coach Street podcast. Grab a coffee and buckle your seatbelts as host Andrea Lee from The Wealthy Thought Leader and Robin Logan from Coach Campus learn what drives the world's most successful coaches. Okay, hi everyone, it's Robin Logan here and I'm here with my co-host Andrea Lee. Hi Andrea. Hey Robin, it's good to be here. It is, and we're welcoming people back to Coach Street after a, a little bit of a hiatus. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the time it's just taken us to get our recording set up, we could almost say that we've been setting up Skype recordings for three months. <laughs> That's true, isn't it? Very true. It's all worth it, though, for our listeners. I know. <laughs> and so what has been happening? Why the break? Well, really, I guess we should ask me. I sort of just dropped off the perch for a bit there and... Life got busy, work got busy, you know, running a business, having two kids, etc. Yeah. But it was winter. I reckon we should call it a hibernation. I think that's just fine. And you know what? It just, you always want to leave them wanting more. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that was my secret plan, actually. So it's good to be back. Really good to be back. It is good to be back. And we're back and you have a new device which I feel like we need to announce given the extraordinary chat that happened on your Facebook page about what phone and computer you should get. I have been living without a cell phone for the most part for my now almost 45 years and it it has been really quite an interesting experiment to observe the various reactions from the people around me. (laughs) So just tell me that. Is that because of some, you know moral position on phones or brain cancer from phones or, you know, do you actually live in a tree house? Do you no. actually do you have a toilet in your house? Yeah, no, we do have a toilet. It flushes too. No, it's oh. probably best put down to sheer bloody-mindedness. Uh, um, yeah, no, I don't, you I mean, I, I do have a bit of a position about automatically assuming that we must have a phone because everyone, mm-hmm. you know, like everyone had mm-hmm. leg warmers. Did every mm-hmm. do we just automatically go get leg warmers? Maybe, yeah. maybe not. So, you know, technology plays a big role in my life. I appreciate it so much. It makes Coach Street possible. It makes friendships like ours possible, right, Robin? But I was on the phone a lot. I still am. As coaches, we relate. So I wanted yeah. to make sure that I really, really needed it. And I figured once a whole dozen or so friends mm. and colleagues and clients were clamoring for me to be more <laughs> accessible, that that was probably a good sign. So I gave yeah. in. I, I gave in. Well, it's interesting, you know, because we've just been through this with um, our son, Ryder, who just turned 12. And he's been wanting a phone for, I don't know, since he was eight. And not only that, 
all his friends have got phones and he is probably the last kid in his class to have a phone. And we've been doing the same thing, which is, you know, what do you need a phone for? You're at school, you're coming home, you don't need a phone. We bought him an iPod Touch, which connects to Wi-Fi so that he can, you know, still text his friends, get on the internet, have an Instagram account, all these sorts of things. But the actual phone thing, like needing a phone to ring up, up until now, we just didn't think was necessary. Mm-hmm. So finally now that he's 12, you know, we've given him one, but it's it's got very limited calls on it. It's made, it, And that's the thing about the phone. The phone isn't a phone anymore. It's a, you know, it's a device to connect to the world. Mm-hmm. Now, you can actually make phone calls from it if you like mm-hmm. or not. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, people used to say to me, and this actually segues very nicely into our theme for today, and that is with regards to navigating the holidays as a coach, um, yes. what coaching means in the holidays. And these kinds of family issues definitely play a role when we have you know, more time during the holidays to hang out with family. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely agree. I think phones are no longer just phones. They are a status symbol among children. And yeah. I think we need to really think about what that means. And it's, it's difficult. I, I don't envy parents these decisions at all. Yeah. I know it's hard. And this honestly, we could do a whole hour just on this because there's the Steve Jobs thing coming out saying he didn't let his kids, you know, play video games and stuff like that. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. Yes, our topic today is coaching in the holidays and even just perhaps being in the holidays, some self-coaching in the holidays. Mm-hmm. And we're doing that because today is Thanksgiving yes. in the US. And the Canada, it's like, see, I'm completely unprepared because we decided to do this topic literally two minutes before. So it's but, going to be super impressive nonetheless. Yeah, it's going to be super impressive. <laughs> but do you have Thanksgiving? It's a different date, isn't it? Yeah, it's a month ago. It's a month earlier because we're that much colder. You see, it's, the funny thing is, is if we remember these holidays actually correspond to things that happen in real life, like weather. Right. So yeah. with Thanksgiving having to do with harvest, we harvest a lot more, you know, a lot earlier in the calendar. So it's October that Canadians yeah. have Thanksgiving. We yeah. just sort of piggyback and have more pumpkin pie when the Americans do it. And can I just ask about the pumpkin pie? Because for us in Australia, it's completely weird to have a dessert made out of a vegetable that no child likes to eat ever. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know if I'm like the definitive word on pumpkin pie. I think it's like it's a little bit like, I don't know, red wine, you know, like there are certain tastes that have that umami fifth flavor um, yeah. that just aren't for kids. And, I mean, I think science actually shows that kids taste bitter tastes a lot more potently as, children, as, as youngsters than adults' taste buds do. Yes. Um, so it might be something to do with it. I don't know about you, but I love pumpkin pie. Love it. Well, I don't reckon I've ever had it. Well, we need to rectify that. I know. <laughs> well, because in Australia, we don't, we don't do Thanksgiving and we do do Halloween. That's crept up on us. I would prefer Thanksgiving. I wish that had arrived, not Halloween. Well, aren't you just um, a big ungrateful lot? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We're like, just grateful all year round. <laughs> yeah, just be happy with what you've got. <laughs> Stop whinging. No, but and then the other thing, of course, though, about this topic that's good, even though we don't do Thanksgiving all across Asia and Australia and the entire other half of the world, 
we do have Christmas looming. And uh, so that's a good one to, to talk about. And then I don't know with Chinese New Year as well. I don't know if these issues extend, but there's always holidays. There's always times when, when you've got this, this idea of family coming together for whatever reason. And there's a sort of an assumption, a, a cultural assumption that the family is a loving family and they can't wait to all come together and have an amazing time. And all the photos and the images and in all the movies, mind you, except for a friend of mine whose son made a movie, a horror movie called Thanks Killing, ah! where, where the turkey took off and actually murdered all the family. Wow. But anyway, but apart from that, it's supposed to be a really lovely time. And I'm sure for a lot of families it is, but it's not always the case, is it? No, I think... This is the thing that I would wish for our topic today is that as coaches and, you know, purveyors of coaching, it's actually really useful and fun to remember where in the calendar we are. So regardless of if it's right now at Thanksgiving with Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or New Year's or Chinese New Year's or Valentine's Day, whatever the case may be, this is a universal state Humanity celebrates certain days, regardless of what faith or culture they're in. What does that mean for coaches and coaching? Do you think, Robin, that there's something in that fact that the calendar has that structure in it that coaches can be paying attention to that makes coaching more applicable during those times or not? What are your thoughts? Well, I think I remember we did that session on the calendar and using that for your coaching. Yeah. And it's definitely something to use. You know it's coming up. So it's it's a time to, you know, just broach with your clients if there are any issues to do with family or you know, how they feel about the, fam- the holidays coming up. And then the other thing, of course, is that what we find at ICA is it's just so bizarre how many people enroll in our coach training on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Yeah. Seriously. And I think we've been trying to work it out for years. I think it's because people stop work for a few days. They stop, they sit, they have a think. And there's something about coming together like that with your family, which is sort of in a way taking you back to your childhood that makes you reflect on where you are now. And that's the moment that people think, I'm going to change my life here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do something different. I truly believe that there are significant opportunities of leverage for both coaches as business owners to lean in on this thing that you've just described, right, Robin? Like that, that it's actually, I have found almost universally true that people will decide to hire a coach at the end of the year or at the beginning of the year more often than the rest of the year. Oh, right. So you found that too. Yeah, definitely. Um, And so it's an opportunity for any coach, beginner or advanced, to really look at, are you taking advantage of this time of year being one of the the highest, you know, the sort of most intense times for people who want to hire a coach to actually hire them? Are you saying, hey, do you want to get your year sorted out before the end of the year? Do you want to get your new year in gear? Yeah kickstart your new year are you disappointed with this year so far you still have one month to make good on some of your new year's resolutions. Yeah. you know all these things these marketing positions 
that mm-hmm. are really, I mean, the, the health and wellness industry does an excellent job. So if you notice those things, I think that coaches I think, have an a underutilized marketing opportunity. Yeah, I think so, actually. It's a really good point. And that's a time to perhaps maybe do the Facebook ads you've been thinking about with a message around, you know, do you want to make 2015 your best year yet or it's not too late to change direction, all those sorts of things. Yeah. And, it, and now is, is a good time. Like it's a t- t- 2015 is unbelievably literally around the corner. Right. <laughs> so you and can start right now. I think the holidays also, Robin, highlight a gap. Like when we pause, as you said, and reflect, we start to notice the absences of things like, you know, 2014, how did that happen? Like it just, there was this, this huge gap. It feels like I made my New Year's resolutions and then boom, here we are on, on Thanksgiving. That gap is an essential part to being an excellent coach. I think yeah. both literally and figuratively. So notice where the gaps are for people. So yes. as, an, as a profession, we can really notice that around the holidays, these gaps become more evident and, and take advantage of those. Yeah, so there's lots of positives to be to be had. So it's you know really is a moment for reflection and to think to the future and think about how you do want your life to be yeah. and start to create that. So there's definitely positives as just a, a person, but also as a coach, you know, time to leverage and do some marketing. Mm-hmm. But let's see if we can come up with some tips or strategies for people who struggle who have issues with their family and find it difficult to sit through an entire Thanksgiving meal or day mm-hmm. keeping it together. I mean, I sometimes think actually that the Jewish, Jewish people have got it right because they do Shabbat every Friday. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of practice, right? Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes what happens, you know, well, I've observed not so much in my family, but I've observed in some friends, is that they don't actually have a lot to do with their family during the year. Mm-hmm. And then they just come back for this one day. So, so on the one hand, you know, they don't actually really know these people that well. Mm-hmm. They love them, but they don't know them that well. And so then on top of that, there's this expectation created by you know, the media mm-hmm. that it, everybody loves everybody. And so it, sometimes, it somehow feels wrong to, for it not to be like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a pent-up thing. You know, I think yeah, if you're listening and you're in that same category as me of, you know, I love and deeply appreciate what my family has given me, but we're not frequent visitors, like you're saying, Robin. Mm-hmm. I know I'm setting myself up in the holidays because there's so much that's been unsaid for months and months until we get to this day. <laughs> and then yeah. everybody feels like they have to spill their guts on all the things they've been holding back. It, it's yeah. no wonder. It's like, it's like you can't throw out the garbage all year until this one day, and then you have to throw out the garbage all in one day. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, what do you do about that? Well, I think that, you know, really more consistent communication is ideal you know and i so i know that for example for me i can communicate in email more frequently throughout the year rather than yeah. visit or even be on the phone that often so that then siphons off some of that pressure and expectation but honestly i think the best thing that i've ever done around the holidays and advice for sure that I I share with clients as well as their coaches to really create some structure and something to do when you get together with a family. 
so yeah. we'll go out to see a movie. That's a pretty big Lee family tradition. Um, right. mom, and, okay. mom and dad, what movie would you like to see? It's like the one time the whole year they'll go see an English movie at the theaters. Having something to do, an activity that's kind of like this third zone of like not staring at each other in the face and saying, Yeah, look, it takes the focus off each yeah. other. Yeah, that's right. Precisely. That's, that's been very effective in my family. Well, I think for me, there's, uh, we've got a great module at ICA called Responding Versus Reacting. Mm. And I think, you know, just the count to five thing mm. when, when things do trigger you. And, oh, look, what was the name of that? Um, it was on Oprah Winfrey had a guest on who was talking about Thanksgiving and she had <laughs> in like just a little sound bite some great things. She said some great things and one of them was, your family, of course, they push your buttons. You know why they push your buttons? Because they put them there. They installed them. <laughs> yeah. It's just so funny. And it's true because it's not only are you, you know, doing, you know, you might not be used to being around them that much, but they know and it's going to happen. They're going to push your buttons. And so the thing to do is to not react. So reacting is where you just unconsciously allow you just blah, you just blurt out and you just react. Whereas responding is where you just take a moment to sit and think and you don't let your automated response rule you mm-hmm. and you actually think, okay, I can be a bigger person than this. I can let it go. Let it go. There's nothing in it, as we say here. Let it go. <laughs> Ain't nothing here um, for anyone. Moving right along. Moving right along, yeah. yeah. So I think that's a really... That's a good one, responding with reacting. And then the other one that I draw on a lot is our module on releasing judgment. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, look, I probably safely say my mother's probably not going to listen to this podcast, so <laughs> she won't mind me saying that she can be sometimes just ever so slightly racist. Mm. <laughs> so I used to find that so challenging when I was younger and, you know, I don't know, had more fire, I guess, I don't know, less mm. um, of a pragmatist. But now it's, it still challenges me, but it's that thing of, you know, pick your battles. Is, is today the day to, do, to deconstruct her beliefs and ideas around, you know, cultures? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. You know, we, that's, that can happen, that conversation, but let's just let it go. Anyone want another potato gravy, anyone? Maybe I'll yeah. go for a walk with oh. the dog. I think that's brilliant. That is brilliant. Like, I call that the why now moment. It's like this, like, it combines both your tips, you know, respond versus react. And in that moment or breath, it's like, okay, why would you say that now? Why would you overreact now? Why would you say drop the F-bomb now? Okay, why now? (laughs) And if you can't come up with a good reason for why now, then the answer is no. Actually, that does remind me of a friend of mine who came out as a lesbian on Christmas Day. <laughs> and so this is a true story. And a half an hour later, her sister said, yeah, look, I've been meaning to say something too. <laughs> Can you imagine that mother, that poor wow. mother, wow. on Christmas Day? So I think, yeah, the why now? Why Christmas Day? Let's even rename it. Why Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. It can wait. It doesn't have to happen today. You can just enjoy the turkey. And perhaps some mindfulness is, you know, a good thing as well to add to the mix. Mm-hmm. Just to really actually move your attention away from the things that are causing you stress 
Yeah. And focus on the things that are just are, that just are. Like food is a great one. Yeah. And even just, you know, reframe for yourself. Like, so these are all coaching skills that we would use with clients, but you can do it on, to yourself. You can say, okay, okay, I'm going to reframe now. I'm going to look at this, my brother here, and I am going to absolutely see the great things that I used to see. Mm-hmm. You can actually make yourself have a good time. Mm-hmm. It's a choice. I firmly believe it's a choice. You know, sometimes, you know, I've been in family situations and I see people just behaving badly and I'm like, you know, it's, it, it is a choice. You don't have to be like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I think this is actually really rich stuff because, you know, the tip that you just gave about mindfulness actually also really helps it for a coach and for a coach's clients. Because the holidays can, on the other hand, also have a dark side, and that is that they can be times that are very easy to become depressed, very judgmental of oneself, blue. Perhaps you can't be with family. Perhaps it's the opposite. You're lonely and you feel distant or you've had a, a, a tough year and it's, it, you're still grieving something. You know, a good thing to try when you are able to remember is to just be mindful but in the multi-sensory way. So when it comes to trying to change your focus to something else, I find one of the most comforting things that I can do for myself, regardless of if it's I'm being driven crazy by a relative or just my own mental state, is to use the five senses. Breathe in deeply the temperature and whatever the air smells like in that moment. Look at the shiny redness of this cranberry. Yeah. Can you watch the wax drip off the candle? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really into the details of it. So often, I find meditation really difficult, honestly. And so I've had yeah. to really hack my way into mindfulness through different avenues. And I, I really like trying to take an ant view, like an ant, not uh, your aunt or your uncle, but an ant, this six-legged little creature. The, the, the bug. tiny insect. Yes. Yeah, insect, yes. And like, look at the tiniest crevices in the, the different mm. folds on this turkey or really listen to the background of bells playing in this Christmas carol. Drop into that ant view, I find, is a really wonderful way to change focus and appreciate <laughs> differently in these moments with family during the holidays. And, yeah. and of course, you know, if that tip seems to work for you, then it would be a wonderful one to share with clients if they are asking you about these kinds of things. Yeah, I think that's really great. And I think just you touched on there, you know, people who are grieving in the holidays. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's just an extraordinarily difficult thing. I know personally from when my sister died, you know, that first Christmas, oh, so painful because you just feel the loss so much more. And, you know, it's still a bit like that. I think it's always going to be like that. It's always going to be that she's not there. But one thing that I found is, well, firstly, just to allow that feeling to be and to just let that that's what it is. It's incredibly sad. Mm -hmm. But also that you can actually have a good time and be sad. You can be happy and sad at the same time. You don't have to be one thing or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can go in waves and they can both, both things can be present. And, you know, I'm sure there's, I mean, lots of families do it differently, but there's ways, of course, of remembering people and 
still bringing them there without them physically being present. But it, it is an, such a challenging and horrible time if you're grieving, I think. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, feeling what is really like what that underlying basic coaching tenet, yeah, that I know you talk about um, as well in your classes. The thing, too, I think would be great to touch on before moving on on this topic, which I think is so great. I I like to reflect actually quite a bit on holidays. It's still a rich territory for what's possible for me as a coach, me as a human being, but also my business. The holidays, it's still not, it's, I, I don't think I've really taken full stock of what's possible to accomplish and do and be during that time. What I think is interesting, though, is we often overlook that because we're going to be much more social oftentimes, we, mm. if we think about it, during the holidays, probably the time when you will meet the most people and probably, possibly, quite possibly get asked, so how are you doing? How is business? Uh, How is this coaching thing going? (laughs) I bet you more often than any other time. Totally. Or even, even, so what are you doing now? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so those of you, especially if you are newer, or thinking about starting a coaching business, I think this is a fabulous, like bar none, opportunity for you to play with, experiment, test ways in which you express what it is you do so that you get asked that second and third question. People remember what you say so that during the rest of the year they will say, oh yeah, Sally is now coaching. Um, And it's very interesting. She told me this as we were talking over you know, eggnog or whatever. It's an unparalleled opportunity to get that practice in. Yeah, try totally. Yeah. Try, you know, try not to gloss over with just a, oh, yeah, things are good. Like, you know what? Let your passion show. I just started a coach training, and this is the coolest thing I've learned. Or, you know, people say, well, what is coaching? Practice, you know, what would you, what's the shortest answer you could say? Could you say, coaching, well, I help you get what you want in life. Is that the shortest answer? Could you go shorter? Could you have the most, tell the best story about coaching? Could you give the most technical answer? <laughs> Could you shock and awesome? You know, I saw someone the other day, possibly one of, one of our trainers, so I feel bad not naming who it was, but possibly it was Rob Stringer. But anyway, they had a great way of explaining coaching by, by saying to the person asking, well, you know, of course, saying what it, what they think it is or coaching. You know, it's a it's a way of you know supporting people to reach their goals and blah blah blah. And then he would say, so but look, just to give you an idea, like, is there something in your life that you've really always wanted to do but never done? Yeah. And and they go, oh, well, you know, I've always really wanted to go to Portugal, for example. Yeah. Well, you know, what I would do as your coach is I would ask you questions about blah blah blah, and then explain how that works using something from the person that asks. I mean, it's always a really good way to do it. Give an actual experience of it rather than say what it is. Show rather than tell. Absolutely yeah. love that. You'll end up coaching during the holidays yourself, getting so much practice, getting better at your craft. People will remember you as having moved and touched them in a meaningful way rather than just this conversation about the weather. Yeah. I love the holidays for this. I think the holidays are prime season for coaches to thrive 
and really enjoy being a coach and having coaching skills. Yeah, love yeah, holidays. Totally. Well, I reckon that's a great note to end that discussion on. And before we go, though, honestly, I think we do owe our listeners a little bit of a news update. <laughs> Don't you think? Fine. <laughs> so, well, look, I know this is not an update on what you have been doing, but you did just mention to me that you are thinking of going to Portugal. Yeah, we, my husband and I, Mike and I, have been married for 20 years next year, 2015. Wow. So we're busily, you know, dropping into the reflection of what it's meant to us and our journey and what it is we'd like to create in the next 5, 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Portugal came up as a, a way in which to really celebrate both the past and the future. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell you why I think you should go to Portugal, not Spain. But before I do that, it's so weird because Deb and I have been together also 20 years. Do you think that that's some sort of like coincidence that we both are si- sitting in 20-year relationships? No, I think it must be some kind of karmic umbilical cord between the two. I think it is. That's what I'm thinking, karmic <laughs> umbilical cord. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> but I reckon it is. I, you know how you get a letter from the Queen when you turn 100? No, I didn't know you get a letter from the Queen. Oh, really? We get a letter from the Queen. The Queen of England. The Queen of England, Andrea. My grandmother, who's 103, just by the way, she got a letter from the Queen when she turned 100. Anyway, I reckon you should get a letter from the Queen when you hit 20 years of a relationship. Yeah. I think that's an achievement, so well done. (laughs) Thank you. Well, thank congratulations to you and Deb. Mm. So there you go. What the heck have you been up to? I'd like to hear. Um, I know that there's some exciting stuff coming up as well. So whichever direction you'd like to face, passport. Oh, well, I'm about to go to Taiwan on Monday, which is pretty exciting. And probably by the time this comes out, I'll be in Taiwan at the ICF conference there. And that in itself is exciting. But on top of that, Mercy, our program director from New York, is flying out. She's a keynote speaker there. Pin, our program director from China, is going to be there. Uh, myself and Sunny, our marketing person from Melbourne. So we're all going to be there. And then Pin's sister has booked us three nights up in the mountains in Taiwan, which can you imagine? It's just going to be absolutely beautiful. Do you think, you do you know, is it Mount Ali that you're going to? Mm. I think it must be. I don't know. Have you been up into the mountains in Taiwan? Well, let me tell you what, because I don't know if our listeners know that I'm, I'm actually Taiwanese of descent. My yeah. dad was born in Ulai, which is in Mount Ali, which is Ali Shan, which it would be surprised. It might be Mount Silver or Mount Ali, or you could be going south. I don't know, but you will have the most spectacular time. You must eat so much fruit that you feel sick. So well, I just, found, I just found where we're going, and there's just one problem with me sharing that information with you. What's that? It's all in Chinese. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there's like the odd English word, like, it's like Chinese, 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 then it says just sleep, then Chinese, 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 and then it says cozy. Is cozy a place? Well, it's actually, no, it's, I don't think so. No, it's actually good because, you know, I might have crashed the party if you had given me exactly where. Uh, <laughs> right, listeners, we should all go crash because she was going to give away where she was going to go. Now, have a fabulous time. I think it's so special that the ICA team and all this leadership is convening in Asia. You know, really, there's so much of the future for coaching is happening under the, you know, the auspices of this group in this part of the world. At this time, it's such a 
special time. And thank you for going. I mean, you have plenty of other things you could do. And I know it'll be fun for you, but it's, if I could be there, I would definitely be there. Yeah, like, honestly, no thanks needed. I just love Taiwan so much. I love China too, but it's that thing, just coming back to Portugal, it's the Portugal-Spain thing. I just like to be in places where I can move around into quite different areas within two hours. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you were talking before about should you go to Portugal or Spain. Spain's fantastic. I love Spain too. But if you've got a week, you're pretty much going to have to pick an area of Spain, yeah. which is fine. And in Portugal, you can go to so many different places in that time. Mm-hmm. And, and also, I just, I don't know, there's something about the feel, maybe because I'm a second city girl, so I'm Melbourne, not Sydney. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole lot of, you know, stuff about, the differences between first city, second city people. But same with Vancouver. Like Vancouver is a sort of like similar to Melbourne, the pace at which people walk and the it's intangible, but just the feel of the place. I think I prefer the smaller places to the bigger places. We always prefer islands. We've had a lot of island karma. So we were actually thinking visiting the Azores of Portugal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I look forward to future episodes of Coach Street when we can update you on all this excitement. I want to hear all about Taiwan and China. I know, Taiwan. And then, of course, China as well. I'm going into Shenzhen and giving a talk at a university on uh, coaching to the students. So that'll be fun too. How bang on! <laughs> Congratulations. So I should say Shishen Andrea. Because it is swim fong bon voyage and it's so oh, good yeah, to be so back. Yeah. You've got lots more in that department than me, but <laughs> <laughs> And it's wonderful that you joined this call on your new iPhone. Yes. Well done. That's so Thank good. You. And I'm so happy to be back in the saddle. It's so great. Yeah. And we've got a few more books coming up so listeners can not have to go thirsty for too long. Yeah, if you are happy that we're back, let us know. Yes. There's nothing like not being missed. <laughs> Enjoy. That's Thanks, right. Robin. And we, we want emails telling us that you love us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, have a great evening. I'm about to start my day. And yeah. I'll speak to you next time. Next time on the other side. Bye-bye. Bye. If you want to become an accredited coach, drop Robin a line at robin at coachcampus.com or visit www.coachcampus.com. If you want to build your own successful coaching business, drop Andrea a line at andrea at wealthythoughtleader.com or visit www.wealthythoughtleader.com. Did you find this podcast helpful? Swing by iTunes to let us know your thoughts. 